This week we're talking about what the whole world is talking about. We're talking about race, racism, police brutality, senseless loss of life. We're talking about virtue signalling. We're talking about the change that needs to happen, the education we need to go through. We're talking about humanity and where we go from this point onwards. It's a raw conversation, it's vulnerable, and it's probably the most important one that Josh and I have had so far on these podcasts. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture and everything in between. Josh, welcome to episode eight. How are you doing? I feel like I've got to give some sort of special answer to that. So I'm very hot. <laughs> you, you are hot, but are you temperature wise? Temperature wise, or? very hot in my office. Um, I um, I've got sort of obviously mixed emotions today with everything that's going on in the world. It feel it all feels uh, heavy and overwhelming. I guess if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I wanted to. I rolled into how you're doing, but I want to ask, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling uh, mixed. I feel a real mixed bag of emotions. I feel, um, I feel like the world is at some sort of like pivotal moment when you look around and see everything that's going on at the moment. I feel like there's something happening. I don't know if that kind of summarizes very well how I feel, but um, I, I I feel like it's difficult to describe how I feel at the moment. I think I um, I, that yeah, I can definitely like empathize. It resonates. It's definitely a feeling of heaviness. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, what's going on in the world? What's going on with the protests? Um, in the States, the impact that on top of, you know, still uncertainty of, you know, of what's going on with COVID, um, the, the exposure of, uh, what's going on in terms of prejudice, privilege, racism, and it's been really surfaced and it's confronting and obviously, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I wrote a piece uh, at the weekend that sort of um, instigated a lot of conversations for me personally, but it's kind of made me reflect a lot. So, yeah, I think mixed is is probably the way to explain how I'm feeling at the moment yeah. as well. As we sit here on Wednesday afternoon here in the UK, um, what are your reflections on the last seven days? Well, I guess that's a massive question, isn't it? It's a, my reflection on the last seven days, well, firstly, when um, what happened happened, uh, it was obviously, you know, because it has to be shared across socials, right? But then when you see it, it's very hard viewing. Um, let's just, let's just, say it you know what happened happened was 
George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. Why do you and think, it was, and why it was do you think I'm avoiding saying it? Seeing George Floyd brutally murdered in the way that he was um, and for it to be caught on camera in the way that it was, um, was, it was awful. And the outrage that has followed... Um, you know, I've learned so much, by the way, I've learned so much in the last week about um, my privilege, about how racism plays out in our, and I thought I was clued up, and I've learned that I'm not in the last week, <laughs> I've learned that I'm not at all, and so I think there's, you know, there's huge, there's huge benefit that's going to come out of the conversations that are being had and the platform that is created. Um, and on top of all that, I've got, there's a sense in me of like real, um, and I'm just talking from my own personal experience because, you know, that's where we're at at the moment. Uh, you know, that's like, I, I'm very fearful and nervous and frightened around the whole situation of, of even having an input on it. Mm. Which is obviously, you know, part of the 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 narrative of what I wrote, which was feeling like, what what can I contribute? Mm. What should I contribute? What can I add? And I think um, even as a person of color, you know, where, where do I sit in all of this? You know, as an Asian man, what what's my perspective? How do I contribute? So, um, but I realised that a lot of that was my own fear and my own worry about perception uh and it's it's more important than that you know you and i both have an opinion <laughs> we're not shy mm. to kind of say what's on our mind um we have a community we have a network it, it's a it's a travesty if we don't do anything about it it's a travesty if we don't use that for good and it's not that we'll be able to do things by ourselves. We have to kind of join in. We have to kind of work with other people. But a part of that is is exposing our our ignorance, and some of it is stuff we didn't, you know, we didn't know we didn't know. Mm. But if we're really honest, there's probably a lot of stuff that we know we didn't know. It's all out there. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's definitely a topic that is becoming um, that has been becoming more and more prevalent there are more you know books on the subject matter. i know people that talk about it and i just i stayed at the fringes of it with respect and supported but i didn't really really truly dive into it and i think that's what's kind of um exposing for a lot of people is to know is to know that you know it's out there yeah and i learned that was a big learning for me yesterday in, in how easy it is for me to turn the cheek right and to just you know it doesn't affect me so like I, I you know I don't have to worry about it and I think I found the uh, blackout Tuesday on, online I found that really powerful yesterday from from my standpoint uh I it became a little bit confusing by the end of the day across social media by the way because it like initially it was sort of everybody was doing it and then there was like a big rising towards the back end of the day of everyone saying you shouldn't do it um but but i found it quite powerful in one of the self-reflections that i had was that i found myself doing it on my on, on instagram and then and, and then thinking well i can just post as normal on linkedin right and i did have that feeling and then i kind of realized that 
wow, even when it's right in front of my face and being really pushed strongly, there was still a big part of me that wanted to turn turn the cheek and just claim ignorance, you know, just post on LinkedIn. And, and I know, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Posting on LinkedIn uh, when, when, when we're supposed to be doing a day of not doing that and listening and learning. So, you know, when I recognized that part of me still existed, even in that small happening, I recognized it, it, it gave me a big learning of um, how bigger, um, I don't know, thing this is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, I wanted to talk about Blackout Tuesday because I think for the for exact reasons you, you mentioned, you know, in the beginning, um, uh, at the beginning of the day, you said there was, there was, you know, you saw a lot of it. It seemed to kind of be more prevalent on um, Instagram mm. on, on in terms of all the visual platforms, right? So I, I'd say uh, inst- Instagram, then there's Facebook, and then, you know, um, LinkedIn are the ones I, that I use. And I know there's a load that, you know, my kids use and that I, I have no idea, right? Um, but, um, uh, and so I saw it and at my first reaction was, um, actually, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I want to participate, mm. right? Um, because I feel like it's, you know, my first reaction was I feel like it's, uh, the message isn't clear about what it is. Mm. Um, and then, and then I had a couple of conversations with various people and sort of similar thing, but then as I reflected on it and at the end of the day, I actually, I did participate. And the reason I participated was because it, it shows, it's a demonstration of solidarity. It's a demonstration of a community. It's a demonstration of power, Mm. um, uh, that you know, it's a demonstration of taking back something that s- seemingly is owned and managed by kind of algorithms and systems, right? Mm. And so um, it was. I thought that was the reason. And then obviously, there's there's a lot of commentary, rightly, that says, well, you know, this, you know, privilege, racism institutional racism are structures you know they are big long structures that um uh that cannot be undone by you know this 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 gesture and i think the key for me and this is just my my decision making was um that it, that that the, participating in that for me wasn't about this is going to change it it's just saying that we, we want to be showing that there's uh people together mm. And this is a moment, you know, this is a moment like uh, to, to show that solidarity. But I can really, really understand the views on the other side. And part of the challenges was that actually in doing that, you were blacking out uh, information for protesters about the protests. And so you were you were you were black, you were blacking out. Yeah, the media. important information like, became hard to be information. found. So on Instagram, um, they did a they did a get around on that, right? Didn't they? So they a lot of people at the in the morning were saying don't hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag Blackout Tuesday because you're clogging up the Black Lives Matter feed, right? So don't don't hashtag Black Lives Matter, leave that for the information space. And then do black. Yeah, but that's just what. Yeah, but that's just one channel. Like I think, I think the point is, is it's it almost stopped people communicating about the things because they were they were sort of you know staying away. Um, And then I think the other. So so that was my reasons for kind of joining in. Um, But I did deliberate. The other thing that I really wanted to ask you about is um, 
brands using this as a way to push their virtue. Yeah. Well, I see some what of that. What do you think about that? Well, I see some of that. I see, I see. So one of the things that I started to feel a little bit uncomfortable was, and I perhaps question if I can be guilty of this, was, um, I don't know how to say this, white people trying to construct the, the, the post that black people would like the most. Right? Okay. Have I made sense with that? I don't, I, I, so, I think I understand the concept, but just say a bit more. Just, there were some posts that I was reading and I was thinking, it's great that you've written that. And I guess it's a bit like if you've posted the, 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 the black square on Instagram, if you're just posting that, you may as well not bother, right? What are you actually doing about it? And to kind of just bring it back to that part a moment, because um, it kind of feeds into what I'm saying here. I posted it and then I saw the things about taking it down. And I thought, well, you know what? I, like I have spent today reflecting and reading lots of the stuff that had been posted and trying to educate myself. And, you know, I know that I do make, I make the best effort that I can at the moment. You know, I, I, I try, right? So I'm involved in trying to be part of the change. So I kind of justified that. I do just think that there's like a virtual virtue signaling is massive on social media, right? So rather than actually writing a post that is a reflection of what you're thinking and feeling, I think a lot of people write posts that they think are going to um, gain momentum and that, that, that are going to be liked the most, right? So that's slightly different to having a vulnerable self-reflection of what you're thinking and feeling in this very moment. Have I made sense there? Yeah. Right? And then the second yeah. thing that I saw was... Um, some some organizations some companies on linkedin that did a big sort of post about and made it all about their company and said as a result you know like this i don't know like it's different when it's somebody like nike who have got a massive platform who were you know i nike did the um for once just do it uh for once just don't do it and then did you see that adidas retweeted that and there was this big thing about the two brands sort of coming together. So I thought there was some power in that. There is. And? And? Uh, there is, I don't know enough about it. So, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to misrepresent. But there are some people that look at the way that uh, Nike treat certain uh, sports stars um, uh, and don't think it truly reflects uh, what, what, you know, uh, so what they've said doesn't necessarily really reflect, um, uh, kind of the truth behind the scenes. Right. So, you know, some people have pointed to their lack of, uh, diversity, uh, on the board, right. Some people have uh, pointed to, uh, some specific incidents with sports stars who have, uh, spoken out about certain things and you know they've been sponsored and they've been dropped and things like that so, oh okay um, wow then yeah yeah then that uh, so context I, I guess, changes that as well i guess yeah i guess the thing is no, no company that i'm aware of and i'm i'm sure there are plenty that are trying really hard no company is has really got this right yet you know because no. society hasn't got it right um so i so but i do but I, but i think they you know they they've always been able to communicate quickly and in a resonant way uh, in these moments. And I think that's good. 
Um, what what I don't what I didn't like was you know those posts about this is who we are and this is why we've always been like this and actually it was just it was just a lack of care and you could tell it's just some fairly you know low level thinking that's thought well we better get something out and uh, and so they did and actually even the notion of taking what was supposed to be just a blackout right right and then putting text through it white text through it you know it's like you're missing the point you're you're not supposed to be communicating yeah yeah right and actually if you if you want to say a few words underneath fine um but then these are the companies that just haven't had an opinion on any of this stuff beforehand listen i saw curious to see what happens next exactly and listen i saw one company on linkedin that that opened with the line that while racism exists we can't do the work that we want to do which I've actually probably worded it better than what it was worded on the post, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Right? The, I showed you the post, and I'm not in the I'm not in the game of calling people out and shaming them. But the the post was it was all about the company, but just just sort of caveated around what's going on at the moment, and it, it, sort of for me that epitomised the. If you if if you're not going to talk about the actual situation, then just don't say anything at all. Don't do this big post about your company and just sort of sort of caveating yourself into it. I, I, I don't know. There was some stuff online that, that left a poor taste in my mouth. Um, and I'm probably, you know, I, I also say that with the awareness that, you know, I've probably played into that kind of stuff myself, right? So any reflections that I make... At the moment, I think, I guess it's just, this is my nervous part of me that's just saying, I want to also be aware that I'm not sitting on a rooftop here and going, I've got my shit sorted out and I'm digging out everyone that doesn't. Does that make sense? I think there's a, honestly, I genuinely do. I'm not just saying this because it's you, but I think there's a genuine difference between somebody who speaks a lot about um, about uh, personal development, growth, their you know the learnings from their life as you have mm. uh where you went wrong how you've tried to rectify uh, and being responsive you talk a lot about mental health you talk a lot about what kind of people that are going through um you know things in their lives um and, and some of that was responding yesterday there's a part of you that didn't want to stop communicating it wasn't that you were selling your business or anything like that you were just trying to communicate and communicate your reflections i think that's different to uh, you know, big brands thinking, oh, well, we better we better not be seen not to be doing anything right now. And then business as usual tomorrow. Um, you know, so I think, you know, as I've talked about in previous mm. uh, in the previous podcast, where we talk about mental health awareness week. Mm. What happens on day plus one? Yeah. So what's happening from today onwards? What's happening in a week's time? Mm. You know, what's happening in three weeks time? What's happening in six months time? Do you still are you still as passionate? And I, I would love, I would encourage people, I would encourage people to take note of what uh, companies have said and publicly call them out in three months' time, six months' time, and, and ask them to show what they've done differently. Like it's not, and, and it's, not, it's not good enough to have a manifesto and say, this is what we want to do, and this is a five-year strategic plan. Mm. You've got to get into action. You have to do stuff from today there's no you know there's always been lots of talk that's the problem and not enough action so i think that's that's what needs to happen and i i i did a lot of reflection i sort of like last last week i was 
you know, I, 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 you know, I've documented it in, in, in my post, but I was just really struggling with how to, how to get involved, mm. what to say. And then what's happened is that I kind of got, I was really grumpy and not very present with my family all weekend until I was able to kind of articulate what, what I was feeling. And then what's really important is I made a bunch of commitments at the end of that post and I've started putting that into action. Mm. So I've called out the people, um, uh, I've called into the people that I know um, have influence and can make a difference. I've told them, I've been really explicit, I'm going to be looking to bring them on board. Um, I want to look at how we can communicate a message around privilege and I want to talk to you about that in a second. Um, and so if, if each of us kind of do things differently and we take a bit of action then I do believe in the ripple effect you know it's going to take a long time there are lots of you know reasons why think lots of things will never change mm. um but we we need to you know we need to try it and it, it and it can't be just the oppressed the people who have been oppressed um who are fighting you know who have, who have been fighting this cause for you know decades hundreds you know thousands of years right like you know it's just not thousands, but you know, like that's, you know, that's what we need to do is to, is to, is to do something differently now. Mm, yeah. And uh, yeah, the action piece that you talk about and uh, and making commitments to create and change for that. And, you know, we've talked about this before, by the way, not too long ago on this podcast, we bought, you know, we were, we've been trying to bring the conversation um, to the forefront as well. So I, like I've always been, no, not always. More recently in my life, I've been very keen to to be part of the solution, um, and and do what I can. And, and and I do think that I've woken up to even like good, well-meaning people um, can be you know really far off the mark with what this issue is here. Yeah, and so there needs to really be there needs to really be a willingness from those people to admit they're wrong. And I think that's that's probably that what white people find the hardest is is to start to make that change they have to admit that they've they've got it wrong forever and i think that's where the defensiveness comes and the 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 um the lack of want to do that self reflection because it's uncomfortable and they don't want they you know it's very easy to turn your cheek and not have to deal with the um uncomfortableness of it all yeah while the the victims of this can't do that and so they face it every single day and you know that kind of that's moves into the conversation of privilege doesn't it and, and what that means so so on privilege um and i think this is this is a moment to say there's a lot we don't know right yeah. and 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 you know we we have to and we have to learn but what is your understanding of white privilege yeah and it my understanding of white privilege as I as I know it today is that being white, I'm trying to put this simply, as simply as I can, being white gives me a head start over people that aren't white, right? In certainly in the society that I live in. It's not about saying that I'm automatically going to have a better life. So some of the conversations, not this week, but in the past that I've had, when I talk about my white privilege, is people go, you want to come and see my life, mate? You think I've had a privileged life, yeah? So someone like me says, you know, I grew up with an alcoholic father. They split up when I was young. I, da, 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 da. I see all that. And, and you, you think I'm 
privileged just because I'm white. So there's that lack of understanding there in it. Uh, and so white privilege, I want to try and answer your question. White privilege to me, in, in short, is that kind of, I have a head start. Um, I have a certain amount of privilege just because of the color of my skin. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's it, you know, and I think, uh, what is really hard for, for, uh, people to understand is, is actually how deep rooted this is, mm. how far back it goes, how deeply woven into society it is so that it just, it, it's just invisible. Right. Mm. So, you, and that's why, that's why the, the majority, um, don't get to see it and they don't, they don't, they don't really think about it. And because just, it, it's just so deeply woven into fabric. Right. But actually, um, you know, it is, it is something that is really complex and I'm not going to try and kind of, um, explain what, what, what it is. Cause I'm, I'm still learning myself, but you know, it, it is, is a, it is a connection of, um, you know, the fact that your starting points have always been different, right? The starting points have always been different. That's the first thing. And then what happens is, is if you have all of the, uh, things like education and university and health, uh, and job opportunities, uh, afforded to you before, you know, in terms of your head start, you're always playing catch up. And then if you're playing catch up, you're always going to be perpetually in kind of, you know, caught in a, in a class situation. Um, and you're going to be caught in uh, a lack of opportunity situation. And then what you've got is uh, the perpetual problem and it's, it becomes a self-fulfilling pro prophecy. Um, you then have, you know, and then you have kind of overt and explicit and then you have underlying and implicit and, you know, anything from, uh, not, you know, not being able to break free of certain neighborhoods, always being caught in, in kind of, uh, the, the similar trap where you don't feel like you've got opportunities, you know, the, the kind of the ratio of being able to get to university, you know, from, uh, if you're, a, you know, a white person versus if you're not, it, it is, it is much higher, um, doors being opened, membership to clubs, you know, um, uh, you know, it goes on and on and on. But um, and so what, what where you get is if you look and it feels unattainable and unreachable because it actually is, um, then what happens is you you turn back into what you know and you think, you know, and, and, and that's going to be something that just kind of goes round and round and round. You know, for example, uh, let me ask you a question. You know, when was the last time before you went to a town in the UK, you thought about how the color of your skin would affect the way you'd be treated in that town. Yeah, never, N never even entered my, my skin colors never entered my mind. I think about that all the time. So if I go to certain places in certain parts of the country, I will be thinking, what's that going to be like? Uh, because I've got a, I got a mixed family, you know, mm. and what's that going to be like when I was younger, I'd be like, am I going to be safe? Right. Mm. If I go to this place, uh, you know, when you sit in a, in a pub, do you, do you feel like you, you, you're the odd one out? No. Ever. I mean, maybe you do now a little bit for different reasons because you're not having a drink, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, 
but yeah like you know uh you know i've sat in in when i was in corporate life i've sat in meetings and you know i'm the i'm the i'm the only one and you're conscious of it um and then you get uh you get like little you know you get little comments that you know uh like um you know like if you go out for dinner and you go to uh you go for an in like you go for an Indian and people go to you, oh what what's good? You yeah, know, like <laughs> how do I know? Yeah, you know I don't eat this stuff at home. Uh, so so and it's not you know there's no malice. It's just woven. You just go like it's woven in. And I mean those are some very almost lighthearted anecdotal. But it's just we just live with it. You know you just live with it. Um, and I realized this that actually what happens is you just try and you get so used to it that you just try and get on with it. And then when you get on with it, you stop even realizing it's there sometimes. And that's been my experience, you know, like yeah. it, as in, as in, I just think, okay, well, I've, you know, I've done all right. I've, I've, I've been successful, but you know, it's there. Now there, there, there is, I'm, I, I'm very conscious of something and it sort of came up in a conversation with a mate yesterday. There are lots of people who are white that just don't get it. They're like, yeah, well, it's hard for everyone, you know, like, you know, and uh, I've had this particular experience and, you know, that's the reverse of that, you know, and that's a really difficult thing to help people understand. Mm. It's a very difficult thing to help people understand that one person's experience is not the same as the experience of everyone else on the other side. Mm. So the exception should not overrule the norm. Mm. Um, and it's very, it's very difficult. You know, um, there's a video that's going around at the moment and it's been around for a while where I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like a coach yeah. and he's got and he a gives them all of, a head start. Yeah. Yeah. He gives So basically, yeah, he gives them a head. So he, he said, he says, right, we're going to race to the end and you're going to win a hundred bucks. But before we do that, I'm going to read out a bunch of statements. He reads out a bunch of statements that's, you know, stuff like, you know, take a step forward. If you never had to worry about putting food on the table, if you never had. To. So clearly what happens is, you know, a, you know, a bunch of white kids move forward and a bunch of the, um, uh, black kids, you know, mm. are sort of left behind. And so it's a very, it's a very clear picture that the majority, you know, it's a majority, but then I had a conversation with a friend yesterday who, um, said that a few fr in conversations that he was having with some friends were like saying, well, actually you can look at that and you can see that actually there was, there were, uh, you know, there were six, I don't know how many numbers, but you know, there were like six, three of those six were white kids were uh, at the back as well. And it, and that's the thing, that's the thing you're trying to fight against, which is, of course, there are going to be exceptions. You had a very, very difficult, challenging life, right? Mm. There was abuse, there was uh, addiction, there was, uh, you know, um, poverty, there was, you know, there's all those sorts of things that you had to deal with, right? Mm. So you didn't have an easy life. Mm. So you could, you could be forgiven for saying, well, hang on, my life's been difficult. So I don't know, you know, I think the biggest, one of the biggest challenges is not to, you're not going to try and convert that extreme side. It's about trying to help the people that don't know, but that still are leaning back a little bit. Let me tell you one of the differences that's just come into my head in what you've said there. So all the things that I experienced and I went through and that, let's say, put me further back in my, you know, in that race, yeah, or, or my starting point. All of those things 
if I feel ready to, as an adult, I can deal with, I could, now I believe in compassion and the have a community and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But let's say at the real core, they are all things I can take and I can do something with. So the poverty, I can try and earn money and become rich, right? Uh, the, the, uh, the abuse, I can go to therapy and work through and become, you know, emerge the other side stronger. Da, 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 all of those things, yeah? They're, all of them, I have the ability to, to change and to work through and become something different. You don't have that with the color of your skin. You can't, you can't, you know, like poverty. You can't just get rich and then it goes away. You're still, you've still got the color of your skin. So they are, this color of your skin is completely out of your control and, and, and it's not something that you can change. So there's, there's one difference in it. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, that's the, that's the big difference because then you, you can start taking that into all the different complexities of it. And if you morphed me and, um, and made the same version of me and, and made me as a black person, that black person in today's world right now would have more of a difficulty or would be at more of a disadvantage going into the organizations that I'm going into and saying... Here I am now, I've worked through this, and this is who I am today. So as a black person, that would be more difficult. I think I would have to, I, there would be more for me to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Are you really clean? Yeah. Are, are you Are you sure you're not going to relapse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and by the way, and by the way, let's take that one step further. I saw you hanging about with a load of black lads yesterday. If I was, if I was black, he was hanging about with a load of black lads yesterday. Right? Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be straight with you. There's a lot of people in our that, that either consciously or subconsciously, that would be a red flag. Mm. Nobody would say to me as a white man, saw you hanging about with a load of white people though. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah. I, I, that's not even that extreme. And as yeah. I say it, it sounds sickening. It sounds yeah. sickening that somebody would say we're hanging about with a load of black lads, right? Mm. But that's you don't have to scratch the surface to see that going on in our world, by the way. Yeah. And the, the the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I think you could you could approach the argument like, well, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and 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 then what happens is I think people get the defenses up, and I think it's important to help people understand why this is real, you know, and 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 help them see what's in front of them, mm. you know, and and that has to be done through conversation through bringing people in they have to do the work as well don't get me wrong i mean it's not about spoon feeding like that you know but i think that there has to be a a, a space to to have a conversation about it the other thing that i sort of i came across yesterday um uh was was the the notion that children are um the adultification of black children Black, black boys in particular, actually. Right. And, and, and the notion of being that you look at you look at a 10-year-old black boy differently than you do look at a 10-year-old white boy. Mm. So let's give an example. Like if a, you know, like if a, uh, a 10-year-old white boy uh, is running around, he's mischievous, he might, um, uh, he might be uh, like boisterous, he might like bump into somebody. Um, you just kind of, you know, you know, you say, oh, he's, you know, he's, 
got you know he's he's got high energy all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff right I'm not, i don't want to oversimplify it but then the way that particularly in america the system looks at 10 year old boys who are black is very different they start mm-hmm. to kind of ad- you know adultify them right so there's aggression there there's you know you're treated differently if you you might you know you might be uh, looked at as a, a menace or a threat or you know or, or, or and, and it's just a really truth uh, a significant truth that that they are just pulled into you know the system of being viewed as an adult much earlier mm. than their their white counterparts what do you think of that i think it's something that i would never have thought about before but it was one of those things that as soon as you started saying it felt very clear to me it was like yeah, I'm probably, I probably do that myself. But, you know, not intentionally or, or, or consciously, but um, that's one of them biases that's probably ingrained in... Unconscious. Unconscious, what, in, in, in white people, yeah. It is, because as soon as you said it, it's like, wow. And, you know, that's one of... I, I heard a guy called um, Reggie, Reg, I forget his surname, but I, I saw him speak like two years ago. And, you know, when I sat down ready to listen to him, right, he was it was Black History Month and I was there talking about mental health and he was um, talking about racism and bias, right? And at that stage, we're only going back two years, I didn't even, I didn't really know what bias was, I hadn't really heard the term. And I sat there thinking, it'd be nice to listen to this lad, but, like, I'm definitely not racist, so I'm not going to learn anything. And fucking hell, when he finished, I was like, shit. I have got work to do with some of the stuff that he opened my mind to. And so, you know, I I think one one of the biggest responsibilities of white people is to have the courage to admit those moments. Like then, when you just said that, I have to go, fuck, like I have to go, shit, I probably do that. I probably do that. If I want to, if I really want to be a part of the solution, I've got to do that. And it, do you, know, do you know what I'm saying with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, I also, you know, I also genuinely, this is, this. I have to believe this because this is just who I am in the world, but I just genuinely believe that the majority of people in the world are mm. good people, yeah. good-hearted, kind, well-meaning, good-natured. You know, I think, I'm hoping that whatever's happening in the world is causing people to sit up and realize, you know, should it have happened much sooner? Yes, for sure. But it's happening now. And it's about making sure that the conversations happen. And before you get to solution, you need to have understanding. Mm. And understanding means having conversations. It's about pushing people to go on their own journey because you can't, you know, you you can't suddenly become the providers of, you know, of all the information that's out there. Mm. But then being ready to have conversations and being ready to um, to answer things that you know that that, that aren't clear, um, if they've gone on their own journey, if yeah. there's like a, a thing that's a lack of clarity or a lack of understanding. So I think that's that's really important that we kind of you know we do, we do that. And I think between us, you know, we've got this platform. And we've got, you know, the work that we do. Um, and then on top of that, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, keep us talking about this. Yeah. Um, and, and crucially, it's about doing things uh, differently as well, um, just, to, just to help make a difference. And why, 
why do I care so much is a sort of a question that was sort of posed to me, not in a, not in an aggressive way. It was just like, you know, and I think, um, obvious reasons, you know, I realized that I've been kind of living through some of this myself, you know, because of the color of my skin. Um, but actually it's about, it's about the future for my children and all children, you know, it's about what future gets created. And if we look back on this moment and we go, we didn't take this moment where, where the whole world is paying attention to it. If we don't do something about it now, then you've kind of missed a, a big opportunity mm. to, 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 to drive change. It's, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take time. And actually, you know, it, it, there's so much that won't be, won't, won't be changed, you know, for, for generations, but you got, you got to start. And that's why I'm, I feel really passionately about it. Mm. Yeah, no, and I, listen, I stand with you on that. And, and it's that, you know, why, I guess I'll, I'll pose myself the same question, right? Why do I care so much about it? And I care so much about it, um, uh, for a, for a number of reasons, I guess. One, because I believe in um, I believe in what's right. I believe, you know, I consider myself to be somebody who educates and has a voice, however big that voice is, right? And so I believe in trying to do the right thing with with that voice. Um, and because you know, I've been woken up to how just how wrong I've got it, and from a personal perspective, I'm always trying to work at becoming a better version of myself. And I've been so wide of the mark on this in my life that I want to even that up, I guess. Mm. Okay. Um, eight minutes, 46 seconds. Right. What does what does that what does that mean to you? Eight minutes forty six seconds. Should it mean something to me then? Uh, well, I mean, not necessarily, but that was um, that was how long uh, George was pleading for his life. Wow! Under the knee of that police officer. Wow. He was known as Gentle Giant. Yeah, I read that. I read that, six yeah. Foot, six foot six, former sort of all-star football player, went to the state championships, mm. Texan, family man, had a job, but basically, you know, in the lockdown, you know, lost it, just trying like everyone else. He was alleged to have used the counterfeit 20 to buy some cigarettes. Yeah. And he was, by all accounts, you know, like, you know, I've read what I've read, but, you know, um, probably very, you know, probably pissed off at what was happening. But um, but he was uh, put onto the floor and he had the knee on his neck, couldn't breathe. He pleaded. He said, you know, I can't breathe. They, they were talking to him. They were asking, what, well, you know. We just wanted to get in the car. He said, I'll get in the car. He said, mm. I will get in the car. And then they carried on. And a man just lost his life for no reason. And he was begging. So I want to ask you, what the fuck has happened to humanity? Fuck, man. 
Um, well, I guess the, the place to start is that it's not something that's just happened. It's not, it's, that's not a new phenomenon, is it? Mm. Right? It's not. And that's the, that's the problem, um, is that it's not new. This isn't a new isolated incident, right? That kind of epitomizes where we've been heading as a, as a, you know, as a society in, in the way that we've allowed this to happen. This has been allowed to happen. It's a failing. Um, and it has to, it has to change. And that's why, you know, we're committed to doing what we do. There was part of me that was thinking, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this because I'm, I don't know what to fucking say. Right. But it's this is be this is more about saying well I got to do something right, I got to be I got to try and be part of the solution however that looks and you know some of the things that you're starting to see that's been born out of it I hope like you say this is the moment this is the moment in history how the how the fuck do we want to be remembered by the way, how do we want to be remembered as a society because at the moment we're going to be remembered as a as like the fucking asshole of history. Yeah. And so what do we want to do with this? And I've seen, you know, you're seeing that uprising and I hope that it it happens. Yeah. Um I'm, I'm I'm just I guess yeah, it's not new and you know, as I think Will Smith said, you know, it's not new, it's just it's just getting filmed now yeah. and that is that's the truth. And actually thank you know Thankfully, that you know that it is being documented because before that it was just p- pl- easily plausible deniability. So at least that's kind of driving something. Mm. And I say thankfully, not because you know it should be. You know, I'm not thankful it's happening. I'm just of course I'm glad it. Course. You know that it's going to be leading to outcomes. But I guess what you know, eight minutes forty six seconds. That's a long time. It's a long time mm. to be hearing somebody die under your knee. Like. Clearly, that guy was an evil bastard, right? To to do that, but what, what, like, what could have been going through his mind when that was going on, and what, what, what wires are missing, you know? And I think it's, and I think he's just one of many that exist out there, mm. right? And so, yeah, look, I mean. Uh, I know that this is a, a, a rightly, this is a somber episode, right? Mm. You know, and, um, and we are usually generally very op- optimistic and upbeat. Um, and I actually, I do feel, I do feel optimistic about humanity, mm. right? I do feel optimistic about um, what is possible, you know, and, and that's why we do what we do. Um, but we have to really understand what, what we're working with mm. and uh, w- where we have to start from. And so I think um, we, we understand that, you know, that there are, you know, places uh, in society that, that there's just that are unreachable. Mm. Right. So so we can either try and go and convert and fix those or we lean in to uh, kind of the headwind and, and, and go with momentum and the positive force to drive change. So as Michelle Obama said, when she used to get bashed by the uh, Republicans, I may have mentioned this on our podcast before, but you know, when they go low, we go high. Mm. 
So actually, I think, you know, that that says to me, let's let's deal with the highest common denominator, not the lowest common denominator. Let's not try and fix those laggards, the unfixables. Let's work with the people who can drive the change. But it was really powerful, you know, it's a super powerful. You know, I, I even thought about <laughs> um, being silent for eight minutes and 46 seconds on this podcast. And given that we only do an hour. Yeah, that would have been very impactful. But I think it's more important for us to be talking mm. and, and and moving the conversation on. Yeah, hundred percent. Gentle giant. What a shame! What a waste of life. Mm. Um. So we normally do uh, reasons to be cheerful at the end of each of our shows, and um, it just doesn't feel right. No this week um you know there are small glimmers of reasons to be optimistic but cheerful this week i'm not feeling very cheery um so i guess uh my question would be um two two actually two parts right and um what what's one thing you're going to do differently as a result of our conversation now yeah. Mm. Um, and I realize I'm putting you on the spot and, you know, one thing you're hopeful for. One thing that I'm going to do differently as a result of this conversation and everything that's come out of it is um, commit to listening and educating myself, right, more and more and challenge myself to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Um. So that's what I, that's what I hope to do differently. And what was the second question? What are you hopeful for? As, I'm as, hopeful. A, as a result of what's going on in the world right now, what are you hopeful for? And I'm hopeful that this is the beginning of, of change. I'm hopeful for people like yourself, that I'm hopeful that this is the beginning to move towards one day, somebody like you doesn't have to sit in a pub and be worried about what their skin color means. Somebody like you doesn't have to um, doesn't have to worry when they're going to a certain part of the country whether their skin color is going to come into play. I think we've got a long way to go to get there, um, but I hope this is the real beginning of a surge towards that rather than a than a distant dream. Cool. Um, so what I'm gonna. Uh do as a result of this is um i'm you know firstly i'm going to start you know i've got a big list of things i want to you know start to educate myself with um but i'm gonna you know i'm gonna start uh reading a couple of the books that keep showing up as kind of you know a space for education um secondly you know it's not a surprise to anyone that you know that regularly listens to us that you know race is something we talk about a fair bit mm. and i was conscious and you and i've talked about you know uh you know how much we bring that into the space and my commitment is we'll bring it in as much as we need to mm. and we may lose some people as a result of it but we will gain a, a bunch of others as well so you know it's just to say that we're not afraid to have the conversations that you know commitment to not being afraid to have the conversations that we need to um and then what i'm hopeful for i'm hope look you know I hope for what you hope for, and there's a long journey. I'm hopeful for um, action. Mm. And I'm hopeful for people 
talking the talk and then doing something different. I'm hopeful for people that I know um, taking what they're feeling right now and doing something meaningful and different. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm hopeful for, you know, change and I'm, ho- you know, and I'm hopeful for uh, this conversation being kept alive continuously. Mm. Um, I'm just going to end it on, um, uh, on today on, on one thing. Um, uh, in our work, me and me and Chris are often known for pulling out quotes and you know this right uh we think that you know quotes metaphors they're really good for helping kind of ground stuff in like real challenges and one that we use a lot is from Socrates and uh, and I know I've mentioned this one on the podcast uh, in the in the early ones the secret of change is not on fighting the old but on creating the new mm. so it's not in any way to say that we should not be focused on the hundreds of years of race relations issues and challenges and history and evidence it's not to say that it's to say that actually where lots of organizations and leaders are chastising themselves are feeling shame or guilt or remorse for not having done enough up to now you're better off channeling that energy in driving change for the future so the secret of change is not on fighting the old, but on, but on creating the new. Love that. I, lo- I love that. And what, what a way to end the episode. Thanks for having the conversation today, man. It was, um, yeah, it's, a, it's something that is really heavy on our minds across the world. So I felt like we needed to talk about it. Yeah, and I'm glad we have. And um, yeah, I hope, I, hope, I hope it's been of use. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.